0: Saturday at Stanford Stadium, watching Cardinal football under a sun splashed sky. And man, it felt great to be back at Stanford Stadium for the spring game. What did we see? Whom do we not see? And what huge conclusions can we draw about the future of Stanford football? We are here to dive into all of those things on this episode of the Treecast with Troy Clarity. Presented by the Believe Podcast Network. It's great to have you with us. It is Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. Hope you're having a great weekend. Hope you had a great weekend, depending upon when you are listening to this. And uh, hope you spent a little part of it with Stanford football on Saturdays. They held their spring game at Stanford Stadium. And uh, even if you didn't, that's okay. We're here to fill in some blanks and let you know uh, what you might possibly have missed and we'll do that with the help from sound bites from stanford head coach david shaw you're also going to hear from stanford defensive end thomas booker cardinal wide receiver bryson tremaine and stanford running back justice woods so all four of those guys you'll be hearing their voices along with mine on this show who am i i'm troy clarity 28 years of following stanford sports dating all the way back to 1993 and uh, just finished up my seventh season of play-by-play on the Pac-12 network as well as what my third or fourth season I believe calling Stanford live streams uh, for gostanford.com and Pac-12 plus so finally wrapped that up um, last week so my spring seasons in the books was certainly a lot of fun juggling baseball and softball and men's soccer and women's soccer and lacrosse as well. Uh, That whole big race to get everyone finished up. Uh, Great to be a part of it. Awesome to be able to tell some stories along the way and to have fun, which is what we do here on the TreeCast. Give me the follow at Troy Clarity on Twitter, at Troy Clarity, the last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. You've got thoughts on Stanford Sports, Stanford Athletics. I always welcome them. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. And I always thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show and also going back in the vault and checking out some things uh, that we've done over the past few months, certainly over the past year plus that we've been with the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Going back to our reaction last week about Stanford reinstating the 11 sports that it was originally going to cut at the end of this academic year and fantastic interviews as well with exclusive sit-downs with Stanford head coach, David Shaw, uh, Cardinal basketball greats like Mark Madsen and Brevin Knight and Casey Jacobson, Tara Vanderveer joined us as well. Senator Corey Booker, uh, Rod Gilmore of ESPN. Uh, we've had some pretty cool interviews over the past year plus here on the Believe podcast network. So if you want to get caught up, I highly welcome you to do that uh, through the vault via any of your whatever your favorite listening app might be. So thank you for joining us on the show. And thank you for catching up on previous episodes. Three things you need to know about the spring game coming up in just a moment. But first, this reminder that Bet Online has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. NBA playoffs in full swing now. The Warriors coming up short in that play-in game. Play-in. And, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full effect as well. So, with those things in mind, use BetOnline.ag or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Our deep dive on the Stanford Football 2021 spring game begins right now, and it starts with three things you need to know about the spring game. Let's start it off with number one. And this game was notable for whom you didn't see. Here's my unofficial and likely incomplete list of guys who did not participate, and this is this is an order of when I noticed that they weren't fully dressed to play after the team <laughs> took the field. Offensive tackle Walter Rouse, offensive guard Branson Bragg, inside linebacker Ricky Miaison, defensive tackle Dalen Wade Perry, cornerback Ethan Bonner, running back Dorian Maddox, free safety Kendall Williamson, cornerback Don J. Logan, outside linebacker Andres Fox, outside linebacker Jordan Fox cornerback Nicholas Toomer, wide receiver John Humphreys, offensive tackle Miles Hinton, and cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly. And later on, I figured out we weren't going to see wide receiver Michael Wilson on the field when I saw him in sweatpants and doing an in-game interview with Ted Robinson and Yogi Roth, as they had the call on the Pac-12 network. So a lot of guys and a lot of uh, perceived starters uh, that we did not see on Saturday in the spring game. And of note, Miles Hinton, who had some wonderful sequences as freshmen freshman last year. Uh, Miles Hinton was on crutches and wearing a boot. Not sure what happened to him or when, and David Shaw didn't seem too interested in discussing that with us in the media afterwards. So, so clearly Stanford was not at full strength for this one. Much of it probably precautionary. Shaw told us that that would be the case uh, last week. But with this spring happening one month later, than normal. This spring session happening one month later than normal, that also gives guys one fewer month to recover and ramp up from the spring and transition to the fall. And given how Stanford has lost some guys during spring games in recent years past, Cardinal opting to play it safe with much of its star power. And it worked. No end game injuries. Let's get to number two. That being said, opportunities still abounded for numerous Cardinal players on Saturday. In fact, By my highly unofficial and probably inaccurate count, 55 different players participated in the spring game. Guys you've seen before, like running back Austin Jones and defensive end Thomas Booker, to guys who had me double-checking my roster, like wide receiver Silas Starr, who actually took the first snap, or was on the field for the first snap, I should say, and running back Caleb Robinson. I had never seen those guys before. Even Bo Nelson got a little run at quarterback. He's a sophomore from Boise, he took a couple snaps at the very end, threw one pass that got knocked down, and he wore number 27. Don't see that too often in this day and age, even in college football for quarterbacks. David Shaw, happy to see some guys on the field for the first time in a long time, singling out linebackers Jacob mangum Ferrar, and, and Tristan Sinclair. And he was also glad to see young guys like running backs E.J. Smith and Casey Filkins. Those, those guys got extended looks. So did anybody cement any potential starting roles with the spring game performance? David Shaw's answer. I'm one of those guys, I
1: de-emphasize the battles to start. You know, Outside of quarterback, for me, it really doesn't matter because anybody else will put you in for the plays that we think you should be in on or the situations you should be in on. So you look at look at our, our front, if we're completely healthy, I mean, we are too deep at inside and outside linebacker, kind of three deep, but inside linebacker of guys that can go out there and play so like the great teams in college football, um, you just gotta be able to roll those guys. So I don't really care who starts because we're gonna rotate some guys to keep them fresh and, um, and keep getting after, after offenses. So uh, those battles, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be won by somebody to see who gets to take the first play. Um, but I always talk about uh, competing for plays and not competing for a spot. Um, so depending on the situation, we'll have some guys that'll earn a, earn a lot of playing time, but may or may not be considered a starter.
0: Yeah, the handling of personnel has certainly changed in football over the years, especially defensively. Three down defensive guys are becoming more and more rare as we go along. So in some respects, the starter's role has been de-emphasized slightly, it seems, with this Cardinal coaching staff, except at the quarterback position. And you'll notice Shaw slid that in there, and he was—he wanted to point that out. And we'll discuss Stanford's quarterback race a bit more in a few minutes. But let's wrap up three things with number three. And as for the game itself, the first half had every drive start at about the offense's own 40 yard line. Second half was strictly red zone with most drives starting inside the defense's 18 yard line. Uh, There was no final official score. Scores were not taken. Actually stats uh, weren't kept either, not officially anyway. And, And early on, Scores were hard to come by for the Stanford offense, which was which was perfectly fine by Cardinal defensive leader
2: Thomas Booker. Hey, that's as it should be. You know, defense has got to set the tempo. Um, we we really do set the tempo for the rest of the game. You know, first it starts up front with the defensive line. Um, and I think we did that, you know, um, guys set it up perfectly so that I can make a play the first time. We just kind of carried it out from there, you know. So I think the defense, we hear it all the time, you have to pack your defense, you know. Offense, you love to see it pop off every single game, but there are games when, Balls aren't going to go the right way and all that. So the defense has got to be your constant. It's got to start fast and heavy. So I think we
0: showed that today. Yeah, I also hope the defense is much more of a constant during the fall, as in constant consistency in a good way for Stanford defensively this upcoming season. Now, once the game moved to red zone mode, the scoring picked up considerably, which leads me to the one big takeaway that I had coming away from that game as I walked out of Stanford Stadium on Saturday afternoon. The one big thing I came away with above all others, the balance of power of sorts for the Stanford offense may have shifted from the wide receiver room to the running back room. You know about Austin Jones, you've seen Nathaniel Pete, but on Saturday, we got a great chance in particular to see sophomore Casey Philkins and sophomore EJ Smith Filkins showing speed and burst, and Smith had a gorgeous touchdown run where he showed a little patience, shook off an arm tackle, darted outside, and then beat everyone to the pylon for the score. I kind of hate to go there a little bit, but he looked a lot like his dad on that run. I was having some some visions of of 49ers, Cowboys, 1994, or something like that for a brief moment or so. Uh, Running back Justice Woods got a touchdown run as well he sums up the talent in the Cardinal backfield this
2: year. It's, it's really a blessing getting to work with and compete with everybody. I mean, um, you got freshmen like Casey and EJ uh, showing out, um, older guys like myself, uh, Nate, Austin, um, just trying to show them the way and everything like that. I think everybody brings a little bit of different um, aspects and stuff to the table. And I think that culminates into into a great weapon and stuff. So I think we really, we We really push each other to be better and to um, be great in everything that we do. And uh, that definitely showed up today.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Quality and quantity in the backfield for Stanford this year. And I have a feeling that we'll see it used in a lot of different ways, not just in the backfield. Can't wait, can't wait. Those are three things. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of, of the spring game, I just want to take a quick moment to say this. Felt great. Felt awesome to be back at Stanford Stadium. I remembered how to get up to the press box and everything. Uh, I, I love Stanford football game days. They're my favorite days of the year. And, and even though it was just a spring game, it was still cool to be in the building and to actually have fans in the stands as well. Don't forget, Stanford played just one home game last season before having to play their final four games on the road. Uh, one by design, the game at Cal, the final three, not so much. And that one home game was that weird, that weird one against Colorado. I was in the building for that one, too, when it, it didn't feel anywhere near close to being the same as things felt on Saturday. I did get a much better parking spot than I normally get on game days, though, right across from the media gate. So, so that was pretty cool. But still, I'll, 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 take, I'll take the, the atmosphere over a normal uh, for a normal Stanford uh, uh, game day, over what it was that day in Colorado, even though my my parking spot was pretty cool. Anyway, I appreciated being back at Stanford Stadium watching Stanford football. You know who else did? Thomas Booker. It was awesome.
2: Honestly, at first I thought we were going to be playing uh, back at the soccer stadium like we normally do the spring game. Uh, when they told us they were going to change it to this, it was it was great just because it's been so long since we got to play any kind of home contest. Um, at Stanford University. Obviously, you guys know about the trek that we had with the last four games. So, being able to get back here in front of fans, family, uh, and everybody else and just compete, you know, especially in our jerseys and all that was amazing, you know. And obviously, with uh, the pandemic starting to come to a bit of a close with vaccination rates and all that uh, going up, we hope that continues to happen and the cases continue to go down. Uh, Hopefully there's a whole lot more of the atmosphere at Stanford Stadium this next year. But yeah, I'm excited to have a lot more really, really cool moments happen uh, in in our home spot.
0: Yeah, it's an odd year schedule. So Stanford hosts Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Notre Dame this year. So plenty of great games on the schedule. And I'm sure, and I'm hopeful, that there'll be plenty of great moments ahead. Let's dive into the quarterback competition because I'm sure that is the biggest question mark surrounding Stanford football right now with Davis Mills now uh, getting uh, about to get paid by the Houston Texans. Good luck to him in that endeavor and with that organization. Quarterback competition, and there's no shortage of names vying for that spot, and we saw six guys take snaps. Jack West at the beginning, then Tanner McKee, then Dylan Plotts, a little Isaiah Sanders, and later we saw the early enrollee Ari Patu, and then Bo Nelson to round it out. The two clear front runners coming into Saturday were West and McKee. As mentioned, statistics not kept for the game. Officially, the Stanford Daily unofficially had McKee going 6 of 8 for 68 yards. But I, I, I don't think that, that either West or McKee won the job based on their respective performances on Saturday. That's not a bad thing, by the way. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It would have been nice to walk out of Stanford Stadium, as we discussed uh, last week. I, I would have been cool walking out of there, like I walked out of the 2009 Stanford spring game going, ooh, Andrew Luck, this kid is good. Would have loved to have been in that similar position this year, but no need to panic, I don't think. The fact that that, that neither West nor McKee, to my mind anyway, won the starting job based on how they did on Saturday. West made a couple of throws. That I'm sure he'd like to have back. And, and I don't think we came close to seeing what McKee can truly do. In fact, uh, the athletic uh, athleticism that both of those young have and in gun runs and things like that. We didn't see any of that during the spring game on Saturday. So how can a quarterback truly separate himself from the rest of the pack? And what does David Shaw look for at that position? Shaw revealed that to us after the game. I'm looking
1: for a group of things, and some of those are born over time in my experience. Some of those are born from my early conversations in my career with Bill Walsh, and the first thing he put on top of the list was instincts. Um, Accuracy is huge. Repeatable motion. Um, Enough athleticism. Not everybody has to be um, like Kyler Murray, but enough athleticism to move around the pocket. Um, But that instinct, the instinct to make the throw, Uh, With guys in your face, that instinct and have feel to slide in the pocket, Um, that instinct to turn it on when we need you to turn it on and when the game is tight. Um, All of those things really lead towards guys following you and trusting you. What you say and how you say it doesn't matter if you can't back it up on the field. Um, So I feel really good about the quarterbacks we have right now and those guys really being able to handle all the things we throw at them. Um, and uh, and have those instincts to play the game in those in
0: those positions. Yeah, instincts certainly a lot of it. And Walsh, don't forget, was also really big on footwork as well. Uh, loved Joe Montana's footwork, and he loved Dan Marino's footwork too. I remember uh, seeing a film study that 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 Bill Walsh did with quarterbacks in the '80s, and he he loved Dan Marino. Not a guy you think of as being mobile, but man, the way he was able to slide around the pocket and evade pass rushers, and make big plays just with his feet. And your feet are also your base when you throw the ball too. Footwork's a big part of it as well. So how does all of that apply to the quarterback room as it looks for Stanford right now? I asked wide receiver Bryson Tremaine to compare and contrast the different guys throwing him passes this spring.
2: Jack, first of all, is just, you know, he's been here the longest out of all of them. So he knows the the offense. You know, pretty well, um, and yeah, he's just pre, he's pretty comfortable back there. You can tell when he drops back. Um, Tanner, he's he, you know, he got some reps uh, last year um, as a true freshman, so I think he's really coming along too, um, and just getting more comfortable every day. And um, Ari, Ari got some got some reps today. He looked pretty good, and he's just he's just getting to know the offense this spring. Um, and Isaiah, Isaiah's Isaiah, you know what he does. He was, he's our guy to like in the red zone and just you know run the ball and you know that's read option and that kind of stuff.
0: That's Bryson Tremaine, and yeah, a lot of that seems to mesh with my impressions of things too. As I see it, West probably knows the offense the best, and McKee throws the best ball, and I'm fully prepared, as we've discussed earlier, to see this quarterback competition continue into fall drills. And maybe into the season as well. By the way, I like what little bit I saw from Ari Patu. I thought he showed well overall. And based on the touchdown pass that he threw, he certainly got the Spider 3 wide banana page of the playbook down. That's encouraging to see. I'm not ready to truly put him in the mix just yet. I'm not. I'm looking forward to him hitting the weight room. But not ready to put Patu. In that race, I I think it's clearly between West and McKee and David Shaw. Every indication to this point uh, seems to be uh, leaning uh, towards that scenario as well. Again, I don't think anybody won the job, and I'm fully prepared to see a lot of both West and McKee as we lead up to September 4th and beyond. One other offensive position that I was keeping a special eye on on Saturday, center. Drew Dahlman, the longtime center for Stanford, got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. He's about to get paid to play offensive line now. So that critical job is left to junior Drake Nugent and sophomore Drake Metcalf. Drake versus Drake. Uh, A couple of bot snaps won by each of those young men, and that had me a bit concerned, and I certainly hope that that gets cleaned up uh, once we get a bit closer to real competition. After the spring game, I asked David Shaw for his impressions on how things are shaping up at center.
1: I think uh, Nugent right now has the edge, uh, has really done well, had a great winter conditioning session, um, had a very good spring uh, this spring, um, and we'll keep, we'll keep making sure we have enough guys ready there uh, to make sure that, the, first of all, the best five guys are on the field, but then also we have depth when we start the season because um, the injuries um, are only a matter of time in, in in football. Yeah, we
0: certainly know full well how injuries up front can derail a season. See Stanford Football 2019 for more proof of that. Now, along those lines, uh, Shaw also revealed this tidbit about his interior lineman. I found this very intriguing and about how they're being trained under new offensive line coach Terry Heffernan. I'm
1: excited about uh, all the guys inside and I think Terry Heffern has done a great job of making sure that everybody who plays guard for us also knows how to snap and play center. Um, so we're never gonna get to that point where we only have one or two guys that can play center. Um, all of our inside guys are gonna be trained uh, to snap
0: the ball, handle the protections, handle the running game, handle all the calls. So if you can play guard, they're going to make darn sure that you can also play center and at least be able to, to make the pass protection calls and to do all the other sorts of things that you need to be able to do at center. Hey, the more you can do, right? It's not a bad thing. As for the entire offensive line with Rouse and Bragg and Hinton not fully dressed for the spring game, we saw Barrett Miller at left tackle, Jake Hornerbrook at left guard, uh, Nugent at center, sophomore Levi Rogers at right guard, and sophomore James Pogarells at right tackle to start. Later on, we saw Pogarell shift over to left tackle. Metcalf at center, sophomore Logan Burzens at right tackle, and sophomore Max Colony at right tackle. Metcalf also played a little bit of left guard. Going back to what Shaw just told us about how his interior linemen are expected to operate going forward, as you know. And if you don't know, you're about to. If you're new to Stanford football, hey, welcome. But if you don't know, you're about to know this. But I'm sure you already do. The Stanford offense only goes as far as its offensive line. I I don't think any other offensive scheme is more dependent upon how the offensive line performs and the personnel that are available to the offensive line in the Pac-12 than Stanford does. Look, you got to win up front no matter who you are, but it's even more important uh, based on what Stanford likes to do offensively. And while I would imagine that the fall depth chart is largely set for Stanford up front as far as the starters are concerned, I would imagine that you're going to see Rouse and Hinton at the tackles with Miller, Hornerbrook, and Bragg rotating at guards, although Miller was listed as an offensive tackle on the spring roster this year. I found that a bit interesting, but We'll see how that shakes out. We certainly know that Miller can play interior line as well because we saw him uh, in those spots over the last couple of years. So I'd imagine that for four spots on the offensive line, things are more or less set as far as who gets top of the pecking order there. But that center spot, still up for grabs. Nugent has the edge. Can he hold off Metcalf? We'll find out. And that center spot will continue to be one to watch well into the season switch over to the other side of the ball defensively guys had some moments guys had some moments inside linebacker wearing a new number running around out there wearing number eight instead of his old number 36 one of several new number changes i had to kind of get used to thomas booker switching from number 34 to number four tristan sinclair snuffing out a running play making a big stick for a loss that was cool to see the aforementioned Thomas Booker making a couple of defensive, a couple of deep disruptive plays and nice uh, job by Zeron Manley, cornerback, knocking a fade ball away from Bryson Tremaine in the end zone. That was pretty cool too. And those to me were the three best defensive standout plays of the day as I saw it. But overall Thomas Booker was happy with the back and forth between the offense and the defense
2: on set. We haven't had a lot of opportunities to be really, really physical and go live so uh, going into those periods, I think we only had one other period during practice where we would never been able to go live. So kind of seeing people's controlled aggression, people being explosive, but also being controlled and keeping guys mostly up, you know, it was great to see. But also just overall, like the kind of zeal that we had, you know, as a defense and as an offense, because you saw it, we're going back and forth. The offense is making a lot of negative plays, or sorry, defense is making a lot of negative plays, the offense is making a lot of, Positive ones. So seeing that from both sides of the ball is great, you know, because obviously as a defense, I would love to see the offense never score, you know. But as a teammate and as somebody who plays in our team, you know, you want a little bit, a little bit of back and forth. So um, I definitely saw kind of that that sparring nature and the battle. And that's exactly what you want to see going into the summer into the season. That's
0: Thomas Booker, and yeah, one thing that certainly seemed apparent right from the beginning was Stanford's speed on defense. David Shaw certainly noticed that
1: uh, early on in the, in the scrimmage today. You felt what? what we've been seeing in practice is when our starters are out there on defense, uh, we are faster uh, than we've been in a while. So the explosiveness of a a Jacob Mangan Farrar combined with Thomas Booker, who's in the best shape of his life, who looks really quicker than he's ever looked before at 295 pounds. Um, And uh, Tristan Sinclair, we missed his athleticism last year. Um, so you just, you saw the speed and, and violent nature um,
0: of those guys up front, in our front seven, um, which is really exciting to see. As David Shaw and speed and explosion are just so critical. Uh, Thomas Booker singling out two guys for their help in that department and the help and the effect that rather it can have on the entire defense, Ricky Miaison, even though we didn't see him on Saturday and Jacob Mangum Ferrar. more from Booker on those two guys and what, what their speed brings to an entire
2: defense. Uh, I think one really big thing that's changed with our defense is just how fast uh, and aggressive our backers are. And I think you guys have been seeing it. They play downhill. They're getting down fast. You know, they're getting double teams off of us so that we can make plays. So I give those, those two guys a nod for sure. Um, and then after that, um, shoot, it's kind of hard. Uh, I think that linebacker room is really good. I think our DBs have been playing really, really well. Um, but overall, I, I'd probably give it to like the linebacking unit uh, in general just because they kind of help the entire defense uh, be more aggressive, create more negative plays with the way that they're playing. Yeah,
0: between Booker and Shaw, Mangum Ferrar has gotten rave reviews all throughout the spring. David Shaw couldn't stop talking about him in the run-up to the spring game and even a bit beyond, even in the immediate aftermath of the spring game. Shaw also raved a lot about uh, Bryson Tremaine after the game as well. But Mangum Ferrar has, by all accounts, Done very, very well this spring. If he can stay on the field this fall for all 12-plus games, man, that's going to be a huge help to a Stanford defense. That, quite honestly, has a lot to prove. Look, the personnel is there. I like Levani DiMuni on the inside. He showed very well. In fact, when we gave out our tree cast awards at the end of the season, he was our newcomer of the year. You know about Thomas Booker. Stephen Heron was magnificent, especially in that UCLA game. Kyle Blue Kelly, Jonathan McGill. You know, I, I like a lot of the personnel that Stanford seems to have in spots at critical, critical portions of the field. But can they all put it together and play much more consistently than they have over the last couple of years? And most importantly, can they stay healthy? Stanford defense has a lot to prove this upcoming fall. Oh, by the way, Tucker Fisk. We talked about last week and David Shaw explored this possibility and gave us a heads up on the possibility that that shot that that Fisk might play both ways, both tight end and defensive line Shaw when he told us in the media, called it an an Owen Morisic endeavor. (laughs) You might remember Owen and his, his exploits at fullback and linebacker in the 2010 season. But we thought that Tucker Fisk might see time at tight end. He did. And defensive line on Saturday. He did. I wasn't quite prepared for this. We also saw him at long snapper, too. We also had a botched long snap along the way that I wasn't too thrilled about. So snapping both short and long shotgun snaps, throw that in there as well. Those things really need to get cleaned up, I think, before, before September 4th, well before September 4th. And they need to, to maintain that standard as well. But Tucker Fisk playing in all three phases of the game. How about that? Let's see, let's see if that continues into the season. So overall grand scheme of things, um, kicking game, Could have been better, Uh, Joshua Cardi and Diego Preciado, each with missed kicks, a botched long snap leading to one of those missed kicks. I'm not going to trip on that too much just yet, because I remember, I forget whether it was the 2014 or the 2015 spring game, but I remember just botched field goal after missed kick in that particular spring game, and I remember walking out of Stanford Stadium going, oh my God, this is horrible. And then during the season, the kicking game was actually fine. So I'm not going to trip on that too much just yet. Snapping could have been better, as, as mentioned. The running backs, to me, were the most impressive unit. And I don't think that the starting quarterback showed himself necessarily on Saturday. So from a football standpoint, if you walked into the stadium or flipped on the Pac-12 network, Looking for all the answers to all of your questions, you probably came away from the Stanford spring game disappointed. And quite honestly, you probably should have known better. That's not how how this spring game, or really any spring game, uh, should be treated. You're not going to figure out everything by the end of spring drills. But for an afternoon, it was great to be at Stanford Stadium. Even though I love what, I love it when, when, when the spring game is held at Kagan, where soccer and lacrosse play, because that is a fantastic venue, I think, for the spring game. Such a, more, a much more intimate spot. And the sight lines, if you're sitting on the press box side, on, on the far side of the stadium, the sight lines are second to none for watching football, the spring game, in that venue. I really like Kagan, uh, the spring game at Kagan, a lot more than I probably should. But perhaps the fact that it's a bit more cozy, a bit more intimate, and this is Santa Clara County, social distancing, still the order of the day, perhaps that's one of the reasons why things got moved back to Stanford Stadium for this year. But, but it was great to be at Stanford Stadium, to be back in the press box again, to see see my man Scott Reese, see my man John Platt, to see the, the Stanford Sports Information staff, Scott Swegan and Tyler Guyvette, uh, to see the squad, the team. Uh, to have fans in the stands for the first time in 18 months. Can you believe it? Uh, to hear the band, they were in mid-season form, sometimes off-key and sometimes off-beat, but hey, they were there and, and they were they were in mid-season form. And whenever, say what you want to about the Stanford band, whenever I hear them with my own ears, I know I'm someplace cool. So it was great to put all of that together and 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 really... I think that more than anything else was was what Saturday afternoon was all about. Yeah, it would have been great to walk out of there going, man, Jack West was lights out. Or, man, Tanner McKee, he's got this job on lock. Would have been nice. But no, I'm pleased with us just being able to convene, to watch Stanford football, and to have no injuries come up during the course of the spring game. I'll take that. I'll certainly take that. Your impressions of the Stanford football spring game, I always welcome those via Twitter, hashtag TreeCast, or anything else that you've got on your mind Stanford sports-wise. Baseball, of course, wrapping up and heading for its regular season weekend finale when they face the Oregon State Beavers coming up this weekend. A lot on the line potentially there. But anything else you want to talk about Stanford football-wise, the best way to have your opinion heard on this show, give me the hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. That's the best way for me to see what you've got on your mind. So, with spring football done, we have been in an irregular posting schedule for the calendar year. We came at you twice a week during the season, dialed it back uh, since January, and have come at you irregularly since then. Now, with spring football done, and since this is a Stanford football podcast at heart, Good chance that we're going to take a hiatus and take a deep breath through the summer uh, and, and, and come back at you uh, once the fall rolls around. Now, am I ruling out something happening during the summer that we come at you with a new tree cast? If we get a really cool guest that we need to bring you or if big news breaks during the summer, then yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come at you then. The best way to ensure that you are on top of the tree cast is to, is to subscribe. It's just that simple. And we're available via Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Tune in, uh, iHeart. We've got you covered. Subscribe to the show, rate and review the show. Tell everyone you know about it, and be honest. I, I'm 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 very pleased. And I'm 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 fortunate that. Of the reviews that have popped up on Apple Podcasts have been all five stars. Hey, thanks. And they're all from people I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> I certainly appreciate all of that. But But rate and review the show and have fun with this. This is Stanford sports, man. You know, this is, there's a lot going on in the country. Don't need to tell you that right now, even still. You know, it's just a great place to have fun, a great spot to have fun and talk about a subject that's very near and dear to to all of our hearts, especially if you're listening to this show, Stanford sports and Stanford football in particular. So, until our next episode, be safe, be healthy, and stay sane. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. And keep that mask on. Be smart with it. We're, We're getting better. Things appear to be getting better as I say this, but overall, still be smart be smart. Wear a mask. Still, even now, we're not completely past all of this yet. Mask it, or still casket. And we'll come at you next time, whenever that may be. Can't wait. Thank you again for joining us on the Treecast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online.